Well, if you're here for the marriage class, this isn't the right room. Uh, if you're here for the finance class, this isn't the right room. Uh, so uh, they're going on in their back modules of the building. If you'd like to check those out one, one, one week, you're more than welcome to do that. You can just jump in anytime and hear and receive uh, the, you know, the teaching. You know, it's, it's just all about transformation. It's all about growing. It's all about increasing in, in every way. And that's our desire for Wednesday nights. That's why we're taking a little break from doing worship like we normally do. So it's a little different uh, different uh, transition and, and everything. But um, just this, give our worship team a break and casting different ones. And they're out with the youth doing things uh, tonight, roller skating, I believe. Um, anyway, it's so good to have you here. And, and this is all about victorious living. You know, why we exist as a church, it's, there's, there's hurting people outside these walls. And the Lord told us to love them for him. Why, what we're called to do is to make winners in life. That's what Dr. Savell, we're a branch of Jerry Savell Ministries, and, and that's what he's been called to do for 48 years, make winners in life. So that's what we're about. And how we accomplish it is through three ways, an experience with God, equipping people with the word, and engaging people to influence the world. And that's really what this life, this, that what we're called to do as a church. Amen. So we're going to get in the word tonight. We've been, this is a part two of renewing the mind. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, teach to me tonight. Open my heart for you to flow through me. You know, one thing I like what Keith Moore says is, is uh, you're receiving... Is not all about me, but your receiving is just as much about you. You know, it's about pulling on and receiving and, 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 and entering into faith with me as we bring forth these truths. Amen? The Word of God is inexhaustible. So when you think about renewing the mind, don't think of, well, I've heard messages on that before. You know, I believe there, there's things, there's, there's some th- times on Sunday mornings I'll say things and I kind of want to come back and write that down. I've never heard that before. You know, it, it's like, that's, and, that, and I love when that happens because... Because it's, it's, it's the teaching gift is a gift to the body of Christ. It's, it's one of the fivefold ministry gifts for the perfecting of the body. You know, it's for the perfecting of the body, the unifying of the body. And, and the teaching is not a natural thing. It, 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 pastoring, prophet, evangelist, teacher, evangelist, these aren't natural gifts. These are spiritual gifts that God's placed into the body. You know, every, anything God establishes, they're spiritual things. And, and so when, we, when you're coming and you're receiving teaching, that's why I always, you heard me say it not too long ago, where I said, when I come under the word and listen to someone else minister, I always say, Father, I count it an honor and a privilege to hear your word. Reveal to me what I need to receive. You know, because, you know, Freddie might receive something different than, than you received tonight. I, I may say something, and it may not have anything to do with my message, but you know what? I love how the Holy Spirit can connect a word and minister to your heart exactly what you need to receive. I, I love how, how, the, the, how the Holy Spirit and the word coming together brings us all exactly what we need to receive tonight. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's, let's, let's continue on this journey of renewing the mind. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in the view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as living sacrifices, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service and spiritual worship. I love, love this whole aspect. It's really, he says, that you need to present all of you. 
your mind, your will, your emotions, your body. This, this is spiritual worship. It's you're bringing yourself and you're saying, okay, Lord, I bring everything that I am to you. Now transform me. You know, I, and you know, there's aspects in our lives where, where we know we, where Jesus did something about you spiritually. You know, he, he did something about you spiritually. He made you a new, when you accepted Jesus, he dealt with the spiritual problem. He, he made you spiritually alive when you made him, when you made him Lord of your life. You became a new creation, right? You know, some people have the mindset, and I've heard people pray this, Lord, Lord, come in and take over my mind. That God can't do that. He, he's not going to come in and take over your mind. If that was true, then that would be, that means he's okay with possession because that's what demons do. Come, come in and take over. Come in and take over. I understand what someone's saying when they say that. Because, you, you know, I understand what they're saying, but, but that's not how, you know, I, I even think of when Kenneth Hagin and, 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 and he said, the lady came to Kenneth Hagin and said, so would you pray for me that I don't have any more bad thoughts? And he's like, if I pray that for you, I'd pray that for me. You know, it's like, you know, it, it, he goes, and he talks about, you know, you, he goes, you can't help from birds flying over your head, but you sure can keep them from making a nest in your hair. You know, you, you know, meaning so, so he, Jesus did something about your spiritual or our spiritual problem. And so the, the issue that, that people don't like, you know, you know, and the thing is, is, is prayer doesn't fix it. Fasting doesn't fix it. Now it can aid in the process. But ultimately, renewing the mind isn't just, I can't, I'm not going to be able to pray for Freddie and say, renew his mind. No, it's going to depend on what he puts into his mind. It's going to depend on, on what he gives himself to and, and, and what we surrender ourselves to, what we surround ourselves with, the friends we associate with, the TV stations we watch, the, the talk radio we listen to. Everything you're doing is, is shaping your mind in a, in, in a, in a, in a certain way. In a certain process and, and, and you can have, and you can have mindsets. You know what a mindset is? It is, it is a, it is a spiritual stronghold to keep you the same. That's what a mindset is. And you know what? You can, you can have a, in the natural speaking, could have a good mindset, but yeah, but yet something that doesn't line up with God's word. And so, so when we talk about renewing the mind is getting a hold of God's thoughts you know, it's getting a hold of how he sees things, get a hold of how he perceives situations. Because, you know, the word says that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But I'm so grateful that, that he, he told us that we could have his thoughts. I'm so grateful that he told we, we could, we could, we could have and understand the way he thinks. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have to present ourselves. As living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God. It goes on which is our reasonable service. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. This aged, fashioned and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed and changed. And changed. Say that, changed. By the entire renewal of your mind. By its new ideas, ideals and a new attitude. So that you may prove for yourselves what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. And I love that. So that you may prove for yourselves. And it talks about renewing your mind. And the Amplified says to new ideas and new attitudes. You know, I've heard someone say, 
you know, someone that's really strong and real bold and they'll say, well, I was just a born leader. I was, I'm a born leader and boy, I just, you know, I'm just bold and I just, you know, I'm bold, you know, something, you know, and I don't care if people don't like it because that's just the way I was born. <laughs> you need to renew your mind. Because what God has done in our lives is never made to give you a negative attitude. Well, I'm just supposed to run people over. I, I got the gift of a prophet. I just tell them how it is. <laughs> you better do it in love. Or you're going you're gonna to be walking one day and no one's going to be up behind you. And, and, you know, you're not leading anyone if no one's following you. And so, but people will blame it on, well, this is just the way I am. This is just the way I am. Well, you need to renew your mind to the way he sees you. New attitudes, new ideas, new ways of seeing things. Now, that's not to say that God can't take that aspect of your life, that boldness that you have, and shape it and use it in a way that impacts his kingdom. But you have to renew your mind to the way he sees things. Amen. There was times when Jesus was bold. There's times when he shut up. There was times when, when he said things. There was times when he asked questions. There was times when he didn't say anything at all. And there's times when he cheered. There's times he smiled. There's times he cried. There was times he went to pray. But, but everything had to do with funneled through this relationship with heaven. He had to grow in wisdom, right? It said he had to grow in wisdom and favor with God and man. So Jesus even had to renew his mind to the way the kingdom of God operates, the, the way he should live his life. Amen. Hallelujah. Already going on rabbit trails. Thank you, Jesus. So being transformed by the renewing of our mind. The New Living says this. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Look, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, the don't be pressured. Don't be conformed. And last week I talked about peer pressure. What is that? It's pressuring you to fit into something you weren't made to fit into. Be conformed to this world. You know, and peer pressure isn't just for, for, for kids. Peer pressure is just everything, everything that you see, everything that you see in media, everything that you see on TV, on uh, entertainment, everything is trying to fit you into this mold. You know, if you watch a lot of TV, and, and, and a lot of things can be subtle, a lot of times, it's, and I'm not opposed to this, I think we need to take care of our planet. I think we need to, there's things that we need to do to, to be stewards, but, but there's, there's things, you know, years ago there was movies like Avatar, or there's movies of different things that's all about protecting the, protecting the environment, save the whales, and, and all sorts of things like that. But, but it, it can get to a point, if you're not careful, where you start worshiping, as Romans 1 says, you worship the creature more than you worship the creator. And everything is in this vein. Where, where it can mold you in this shaping. And I'm not saying, we, 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 yeah, we need to take care of our environment. But what happened is it, it can, it, everything's trying to get you to think one way. Yeah. 
You know, every, everyone, every, you know everyone, everyone loves God. Every, God loves everyone. God loves everyone. God loves everyone. And, you know, there's many ways to God. You can, you can see all these different things that are constantly being, being, being portrayed throughout society. But what, what's happening is, is if you're not careful, it can fit you into a mold. Well, well yeah, God is love. Yeah, God, yeah, God's okay with that. God's okay with that. God's okay with this. God's okay with it. He, he's okay. He, he's okay with that. And so what can happen is all of a sudden, suddenly you're shaped into this thing that, well, yeah, I, I don't, why should I read the Bible? Why should, if God just loves everyone, if, you know, why, I should, maybe I shouldn't give Buddha a chance, you know? I mean, he must have been a good guy sometime. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? But that it can, it can just little by little, it can fit you into a mold of thinking that you're like, oh, okay. So we have to renew our mind because every day, Every day, something's trying to push you into a certain mold. Maybe it's a mold of anger. Maybe it's a mold of fear to fit you in this mold. Maybe just anxiety and so forth. I mean, I can go on and on and on. But the whole aspect is we have to renew our mind. Hallelujah. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Paul had to renew his mind. There's some other things I want to get into tonight, but I, I was going to get into tonight, but as I was, you know, prepping and some things I marked out of, of, of my notes, and I was like, you know what, I, I, I just feel like we need to stay still basic. So we're going to stay on this for about 10 weeks. But just really, just seeing even how the Apostle Paul did this. In, in Galatians chapter 5, could actually read the whole chapter 1, but I'm just going to pick this up in verse 12. He talks about the revelation he received. He says, For indeed I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came to me through a direct revelation given by Jesus Christ. Now, who's Jesus Christ? We know in John chapter 1, verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse, and verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of Father, full of grace and truth. So here, and he said, I got this revelation from Jesus Christ. What he's saying? I got this revelation from the word. Amen. I got this revelation from the word. Verse 13 says, you have heard of my early career in my former manner of life in the Jewish religion, how I persecuted and I abused the church of God furiously and extensively and with fanatical zeal did my best to make havoc of it and destroy it. And you have heard how I outstrip many of the men of my own generation and among the people of my race and my advancement in study and observance of the laws of Judaism. So extremely enthusiastic and zealous I was for the traditions of my ancestors. I'll get this. So Paul tells us about this revelation he received, but then he tells us how he used to be in my earlier career, in my earlier life. I, I outstripped many of my brethren. I, I, you know, I was better than, I was better than most of them. I, I was the man. I was the man. And, 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 you know, and he goes, I was, you know, I, I kept the, the Judaism, the traditions of, of everything. I, I kept, I kept, you know, I kept close to these things. This was the way he thought. This is how, this is how he thought. Verse 15 says, but when he who had chosen and set me apart before I was born and called me by his grace, his favor and blessing saw fit and was pleased to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Meaning, meaning this is the way he thought then. 
Then he tells us, but, his, but this Jesus, when I encountered him, man, it was to reveal his son in me. He's talking about being spiritually reborn. He's talking about this is the way I used to think, but all of a sudden now I'm spiritually changed. And then he says this, verse 17, Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which the apostles before me, but I went into Arabia, and I returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other... But other the apostles saw I none except James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not. Afterwards, I came to the region of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which he once destroyed. And they glorified God in me. Now, verse chapter two, verse one. Then 14 years after. I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. Verse 2, and I went up by revelation and I communicated unto them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles. Here, so you see the salvation experience that he had to reveal his son in me. Then what do we see? We see Paul experiencing, going to Arabia, going here, coming back, meeting with Peter, meeting with, meeting with some of the, what's he doing? He's getting his mind renewed. Man, this is the way I've been going all my life. And now I've had this encounter with Jesus. Now, what is he doing? He takes 14 years to get a hold of the gospel. What, to get his mind renewed. Get his mind renewed. See, he had been in tradition his whole life. He, he had been taught, well, this is the way you do it. This is the way it's done. There's, a, you know, the only way to, 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 to have, have peace in, 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 uh, for eternity is if you keep everything right with the law. If you do this, you do all the commands and you do all that, every, you're going to be made. But he was driven by that law. You know what? So his mind had to be renewed. Man, he met Jesus on that road. But you know what? That didn't change his thinking up here. He was like, wow, who are you, Lord? What do you want me to do? God gives him direction, but he, he still had to deal with up here. He had to still had to deal with the things that he learned at the feet of Gamaliel. He still had to learn everything that he grew up as, as, a, as, a, as a young growing rabbi. He still had to grow up in these things. He, he had to renew his mind just because he was Apostle Paul and he had a visitation. He had a visitation didn't mean that he didn't have to go to the process of this being changed. This being changed. Let's, 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 uh, let's further look at Paul's life. Acts chapter... Acts 20, 24, I believe. Acts 24. Acts 24. Verse 11. Now, Paul's talking to Felix. He's talking to a leader. A, a Gentile leader. And uh, he, he starts off in verse 11, says, As you can readily verify, it is not more than 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. There were people that had come against Paul, and they tried to stir all this stuff up about what Paul was doing. And, and he's saying, Paul's like saying, all, all I did, here, I came here 12, day, 12 days ago just to worship. That's all I wanted to do is just worship. And verse 12 says, And neither in the temple, nor in the synagogue, nor in the city, did they find me disputing with anybody or bringing together a seditious crowd. Paul's saying, I was here and I, I wasn't calling, causing any riots. I wasn't being seditious. I wasn't trying to, to stir riots up. I just came there because I just wanted God. 
Verse 13 says, neither can they present argument or evidence to prove to you what they now bring against me. But this I confess to you, however, that in accordance with the way of the Lord, which they call, which they call pretty much a cult, you could say it that way. He goes, this is what they say. But he says, I worship and I serve the God of our fathers. He's, they call it a cult, but you know what? I worship the same God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and James. I worship that same God. Then it says, and I'm still persuaded. Now get this. This is the, the preacher of grace. He says, and I'm still persuaded of the truth of and believing in and placing full confidence in everything laid down in the law or written in the prophets. Having the, so, so the word in the prophets. See, Paul was saying what? He goes, the word in the I worship the same God. And what? I still have my life founded in the word and the prophets. What, what Abraham wrote, what, what, what Moses wrote from Genesis, Exodus, uh, you know, um, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Torah. The, he goes, between what that's written and the prophets, I still live by those things. That, that's still part of my life. In verse 15 says, and having the same hope which they themselves hold and look for, that there is to be a resurrection both of the righteous and the unrighteous. Verse 16, therefore, I always exercise in discipline, discipline myself, mortifying my body, deadening, deadening my carnal affections, bodily appetites and worldly desires, endeavoring in all aspects, get this, to have a clear, unshaken conscience, void of offense towards God and towards man. So he's standing before this leader and said, they're trying to start all this stuff. But you know what? It comes down to my only thing was to worship God. I still follow this. I had the same hope in God as the forefathers did. Still with the same understanding that there's going to be, there's going to be a resurrection. The same hope. And he goes, and I do this and I still mortify the appetites. Get that? The appetites of my carnal desires. Now, you and I are no different than the Apostle Paul. We have a mind. We live in this world. But Paul's, Paul said, you know what? I still have to go back to the word. I still have to go back to the word. I still have to go back to the word. I still have to go back to the word. So what? So I become void of offense towards God and man. I want to have a clear conscience. What are you talking about? I want my mind renewed. I want my mind. Say that with me. I want my mind renewed. And this is how the apostle Paul lived his life. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm so glad I don't think like I did <laughs> in 1993. <laughs> Whew, man, you would not recognize, maybe by, well, you would, uh, I am not the same person. Man, I am a different person. Hallelujah. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I just need my mind to find Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Verse, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind, say mind. So those that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Hallelujah. 
For they that are after the flesh do mind. I mean, those that are constantly worried about their flesh, they can only think about things that are in the flesh. I mean, it's, it's you know, the, only, the person that's after the flesh can only think about their constant thoughts or about where the next party is. Where, 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 how am I going to have fun? Um, uh, what's, what's the most I can do away, get away with and still go to heaven? What's the, um, what's the I mean, the, the, this is the thoughts. The, the person that's constantly thinking on the flesh is only mind the things of the flesh. Meaning they're only worried about how can I please this? How can I make this better? How can I, how can I look better? How can I? It's constantly worried about those things. But then it says... Not to me, a lot of amens on that one. But anyway, but it says they that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. So, so the thing is, is what I'm pursuing is going to determine how I think in life. And the thing is, is how you think in life is what got you to where you are right now. So if I want to get to somewhere different than I am, if I want to get somewhere different this time next year, then I have to think different than I did last year. You know, there came a time in my life where, where you know, up to, um, up to 1993, where there had to, a shift had to happen because if not, I was going to die. I, I was going to die either ref, respiratory disease, I was working at a liquor store, whether alcoholism or, or dying of cigarette, you know, I smoked two packs a day. And so something, so if I didn't change how I thought, I wouldn't be here today. If I didn't change the way I, you know, I can even take that after being born again and experiencing difficult things in the natural. If I didn't change how I thought about here, I wouldn't be here. Because if I let it, my mind could have caused those things to destroy me. And I've seen people, I've seen people in bondage for 20 years because of something that was a lie. I've seen, seen, I've seen people lose 20 years of their life because they've held on to offense that were only partial truths. All because of up here, because they were minding the things in their flesh instead of saying, okay, what does God say about this? What, how, how should I go about this? How do I make it through this situation? How do I get over this situation? And a lot of times when people hear the answer, they have a difficult time walking in it or walking through it because they want to do it a different way. Because they're still minding the flesh. So things that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And things that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Why is that so important? Because the next verse tells us. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So carnally minded is just flesh thinking. It's just... It's just worldly thinking. It's just thinking the wrong thing, thinking on the wrong things. And so that's why the it says, don't be conformed to this world. Why? Because, because this world can only bring this, this world, even the current state of the earth, the way it is, isn't going to remain the same. The word says it's going to be burned up and <laughs> says there's going to be a new heaven. Even, even heaven is going to be different. It says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And, and so we live based on everything in something that's actually temporary. And, we, and people will sell their soul for something that's temporary. Instead of renewing their mind to something that's eternal. You know, the, the, you know living here on earth is the shortest thing we're ever going to do. Think about it. Living on earth right now is the shortest thing we'll ever do. 85, 100, 120 years, 
What is that to a thousand years? What is that to eternity? Living here is the shortest thing we'll ever, ever do. But yet we're so worried about how good we look here. Or what someone else thinks about us here. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself too, okay? To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7, because the car- carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Hallelujah. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Hallelujah. So that even there tells me that, that if I want to have eternity, I, I need Christ. Hallelujah. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Hallelujah. Now, this thoughts are transformative. Thoughts have the ability to transform you. Let's see. Can I get a, get a couple volunteers? Just anyone. Just two, two volunteers. Anyone? Troy? Got... Now, do either one of you know Italian? No. Okay, good. Because that wouldn't, this illustration would not work if you knew Italian. You know, so come over here because, yeah, we need to stay within these lines here. Now, when we talk about knowing something and we talk about, because people have an idea that Thoughts are just natural. But thoughts are spiritual. They're, 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 they're not tangible. You can't hold a thought. You, 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 can't, you can't feel a thought. Now, a thought can make you feel. But I can't, I can't, I can't hold a thought. Because why? It's spiritual. And, 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 and that thought can come from different ways and different, different under, understandings. And, and the only way a thought is produced is, it can be produced is through words. You throughout tonight, I, I've been, I've been, I've been renewing your mind. Why? Because you've heard some thoughts. Some of you may have heard some thoughts you've never thought before, but they had to come through words. Words are transformative because they produce thought. Words in themselves are just words, but what makes words and why words and our confession is so important because words produce thought and thought produces faith. I'm not doing a message on thoughts tonight, but I mean on, on words in my mouth, but, but I need you to see this because if you don't know the word, then it doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't produce a thought because I want you to see now, now these are words and words produce thoughts, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll let, you know, we'll give this one to Jeremiah. I mean, now see Marviglioso in Ogemodo. Man, do you feel good now? Man, do you feel good right now? Because because you were just enlightened with a thought. No. You don't? Why? I don't understand it. Exactly. Because, because words, words are thought capsules. So you, you have to immerse yourself in the word to be able to receive what that word is saying to you. It, it's not just, it, it can't be just, just and no, you, you have to understand this. And so, so, so here... I should have picked someone else for this, but this phrase here means you're beautiful in every way. 
Yeah, my wife was supposed to be here, and that just, uh, didn't happen. But <laughs> next best thing, man, come on. <laughs> but but so so all of a sudden, if you if you hear that if you hear that phrase, you're beautiful in every way. If your spouse or someone that you know that said, that you have a relationship with says you are beautiful in every way, see, all of a sudden now that thought produces something in you, right? Because you receive not just words, but there's thoughts behind those words, and it elevates your thinking, and it elevates your thinking to think like God. You know, so, so I mean, if we were to take this, this other one, I mean, you know, si es grasso e disgustoso. I have no idea. <laughs> Well, see, this, this one, this one, and, and, and none of these are true. These are just volunteers. So, so I mean, this word is, is you're fat and disgusting. You Googled that, didn't you? <laughs> you Googled that, didn't you? And, and so, and so what, but what happens is, is, is through your whole life or the world is, is constantly putting words into you. And the words eventually produce thought. And then thoughts eventually shape your decisions and they shape the way you see yourself and the way you see yourself defines the actions you take see some people will stay home on a sunday morning because because they may be experiencing some sort of maybe overwhelmness or depression well that somehow that had to start with a thought and it led them to stay home from the very place that could change their thoughts or keep them out of the word that can cause them to change their thoughts. See, thoughts are transformative. You know, God's word, it, it, it says that in, in uh, Psalms 139, he says, how precious are your thoughts towards me. God's thoughts are transformative. You, you want to see how transformative God's thoughts are? See, when God had a thought, he spoke something. When God had a thought and when he saw how the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, he said, light be. And light, as still being, still going at 183,000 miles a minute or whatever second to this day until he says, light stop. All because he had thoughts about something. So it's not just it's not just hearing words, but it's receiving the words that change your thought. Thoughts are transformative. And they didn't know these words, that they didn't mean anything to them. But when they when they knew the words, it changed the thoughts. Thank you guys. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's go to Hebrews chapter four. I mean, thoughts are transformative. Hallelujah. Just ask Caitlyn Jenner. They are, they are transformative. I mean, it's, it's transformative. I mean, you had to think it before you do it. So somewhere along the line, there was a thought that said, I need to change something. You, you, I mean, seriously, everyone, you're where you're at because of, of the thoughts that you have thought. And sometimes your thinking has come from your experiences. 
I mean, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, and you, but what I've researched from people that choose different lifestyles and things like that, 85% from what I've researched, most of them is because they've experienced something tragic in life. So it, it wasn't because they were born a certain way. It was because they had a thought, something started their thought press to hate this, dislike that, never trust, never give themselves to. Something was deposited there. Now, you know, oh, I definitely wasn't planning to go here. Now, someone may be predisposed to becoming an alcoholic. People talk about genetics or born that way. Now, you may be predisposed to be born an alcoholic, but if you never had a drop of alcohol, would you be an alcoholic? Right. Someone may be predisposed to being effeminate or a homosexual, predisposed because of experience or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But if you never gave into that particular lifestyle, would you be that? See, what happens is the enemy plants thoughts which precedes actions, which takes on the characteristic. But it all started with the thought. I better get, I'm getting some looks. I... <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4. Hallelujah. Verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful. The word of God is quick. The word quick there is alive. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is quick. The word of God is alive. Now, another word for alive here or quick is the word of God is life-giving. The word of God is life-giving. Hallelujah. The word is life-giving. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Words are what create thoughts, and words create and form, form life. Words affect attitudes. And there's oftentimes our life, you know, maybe, you know, me growing up personally, you know, I, I constantly got short, constantly got you know, um, you know, are you the short Justin or are you the tall Justin? Which one? You know, I, the, you know, I had two Justins and I was the short one in class. And, and other Justin, he was the tall Justin. We have a taller Justin in church and I'm the shorter Justin. It's, yeah, I, it's been with me my whole life. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm the short Justin. It's, it's all good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm secure in who I am. So I'm, I'm Justin. I'm. But what, ha- what happens is it can shape your identity and, and it can shape your actions and it can shape your entire life. And it was when I got into this word that I realized that the word is what gives me confidence, not what other people's words have shaped my life to be. The word of God is quick and alive. It's sharper than the two-edged sword and it divides between soul and spirit. Soul and spirit. The soul and the spirit aren't two things, but yet they're connected. And I don't, I don't have time to get into the, the science behind soul and spirit, conscious and all those things tonight. Maybe in future weeks I'll get into some of that and talking about developing the human spirit. But realizing this, and then it says joints and marrow. See, joint and marrow, they're so close together. And the only thing that you can tell the difference between the two is going to come from the word of God separates it. 
See, the word of God is going to separate what's natural and what's spiritual. Divides between soul and spirit. Joint and marrow. I mean, they're connected, but what's going to divide the two? The word. What's going to divide how I should live? It's going to be the word of God. The word of God is going to be the deciding factor on how I live my life. The word. The word. Hallelujah. Don't, don't allow any words that have been spoken over you. You are, you are significant. You are beautiful. You are perfect. And you are made in God's image. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're not a failure. So, so the, see, the, 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 the enemy always brings those other thoughts. But when you get into the word and the enemy says, you know what? You failed. You failed in this relationship. You failed in that relationship. You failed your children. You failed this. You failed that. But then you get into this word. Man, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He restores my soul. Hallelujah. He directs my steps. He directs my path. Hallelujah. He's redeemed my life from destruction. Hallelujah. So what happens is that word all of a sudden now changes what the natural has placed on you for so long. But it's his word. The word is what renews our lives. I I was listening to something. um, Keith Moore and Kenneth Hagin were talking about this. and, And it was talking about words. And they had healing school. And I want to say... I might be wrong, Keith Moore, I think he did healing school for nine years, I believe, possibly nine years. And, you know, and it's every day. And they, they would do classes in the morning, they'd do classes after night, afternoon. You, you went to Rhema, right? Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to Rhema. And so they would, they would do these classes in the morning and the afternoon, and they would, they would um, teach constantly just about healing. They would teach about healing. And they would, they would have people that would come in, and they'd, they'd come in on, on breathing machines. They'd come in all sorts of different things. And they would, they would come every day. And it was, they, so it was interesting over the years. And he goes, how come during the week, it's all of a sudden, they're kind of like this, this flower that's kind of, kind of drooped over. By the time we get to the end of the week, they're kind of bright. They're smiling. Their countenance has changed. They're, they're, they look different. All of a sudden, they're, they're where they were breathing a certain way at the beginning of the week. Now at the end of the week, they're, 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 they're man, they're like, man, it's like they, they, they look different. And, and all of a sudden, and then, but all of a sudden on Monday, they would come back and it was almost like they had to start all over again. And, and he, he kept being bothered by that. He was, what, what is going on here, Lord? What, what, what is this situation? Why is this always happening? It seems like, you know, I see, we see breakthrough, but all of a sudden it seems like, it all of a sudden changes and, and, and so forth. And, and, and the Lord said, it says, because, because you're feeding them my thoughts all during the week. And on the weekend, they nothing here but someone else's thoughts on the weekend. They said, you know, all week they're hearing what I think about them. They're hearing about what my word says. They're he- hearing about this. And, and I've seen that, and I've seen that happen when people that, that, that have walked through things and have gone through things where, where they, they, one side they were standing and healing, on the other side they were so oppressed and so pressured by why they were sick. And, and so, so it's kind of like this war back and forth. This war back and forth. And, and so what happened, he said on the weekends, they would constantly be bombarded, well, how are you feeling? And he got a picture, and the Lord showed him, he goes, how are you feeling? And said so all weekend, that's constantly what these people, because people know that they have some sort of terminal disease or, or something like that. And, and all weekend, they're hearing, how are you feeling? 
How are you feeling? And, and, they, and they would say what the word says. But after a while, constantly hearing, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? And they're, and they're like, well, we don't want the faith stuff. We want to know, how are you really fe- feeling, Freddie? How are you really feeling? And then what eventually, so they get back to Monday and they're coming back in and they're like back to where they were. So all week they're hearing, get, constantly having the word put in, constantly having the word put in, constantly having the word put in. Because, because what they meditated on the weekends or what they thought what no one else was thinking meaning they knew what to say in front of other people they knew how to act in front of other people but when they got alone it was themselves it was like wow i don't i don't want to do that. i don't i don't want to go on anymore i don't want to deal with this anymore so they're so it's constantly torn back and forth constantly back and forth because thoughts are transformative good and bad you know no one that, that committed adultery it started like you don't fall into adultery. It's not like, oh, it just happened. No, it started somewhere with a thought. Somewhere with a thought. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Isaiah 26. You need to turn there. It says, perfect peace. Those who keep their minds stayed on him. Perfect peace. Perfect peace have they who keep their minds stayed on him. Perfect peace have they who keep their mind stayed on them. Remember, you know, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. I believe that's verse 3 or verse 4 of Isaiah 26. Keep your mind. See, where you keep your mind determines if, I, if I'm going to have life and peace. Or whether I'm going to experience something else. Where I set my mind. Where I set my mind. Hallelujah. Even with sickness. Even with, with disease. You know, it's having the right perspective. It's, man, I'm spending eternity with him. You know, Job, Job even said this. He goes, whether in my body or out of my body, I'm going to see God. <laughs> whether it's in this body or it's, whether it's down here or it's up there, I'm seeing him. Amen. Amen. I mean, you're going to see your loved ones again. You're going to see your friends. You're going to see, see family members again. We're going to see people that we didn't know we'd see. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and it, but it's, it's having our thoughts like God's thoughts. But the only way to have God's thoughts is this. Renewing our mind to his word. Hallelujah. You have time for three more scriptures? Maybe, maybe four? <laughs> so we have to immerse ourselves in the word. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20. My son, attend, attend to my words. Now, remember, you can only communicate... Thoughts with words. And words produce thoughts. So we could say this, my son, attend to my thoughts. My son, attend to my thoughts. Joseph, attend to my thoughts. Jeffrey, attend to my thoughts. Dolores, attend to my thoughts. Freddie, attend to my thoughts. Guard my thoughts. Pay attention to my thoughts. My son, attend to my thoughts, my words. Incline the ear unto my sayings. 
Listen, lean in with an intent to receive my thoughts. That's the word incline. Lean in with the intent to receive. So listen to my thoughts and lean in with the intent to receive something, my sayings. Lean in with intent to receive my thoughts. Let them not depart. Let my thoughts not depart from your eyes. Keep them, keep my thoughts in the midst of your heart. Why? Because they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So now, here's something that's spiritual, changes my natural. Because it's health to all my flesh. His thoughts can affect my natural. If his, his thoughts and his words are health to all my flesh... To be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So here, as I keep my mind on his thoughts, it has the ability to affect my flesh. Anything in my flesh, in my physical body, in, in my marriage, in my children, in my family, whatever I'm going through, my, his thoughts, me attending to his thoughts, me keeping his thoughts in my heart are life unto me. And it's health to every aspect of my life. But it's his thoughts. And the word tells us, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen. Amen. Incline to his thoughts. Verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Put away from you a froward mouth and perverse slips put far from thee. Meaning, put away from you words that aren't God's words. Put away from you word, a froward mouth as words that speak contrary to God's words. Keep your heart with all diligence. Why am I keeping my heart? Because that's where God's thoughts need to be. So put away from me a froward mouth, meaning I don't need to speak different thoughts. We're talking about words. Words are thoughts and thoughts are words, right? So put away from me the wrong thoughts. Verse 25, let your eyes look right on and let your eyelids look straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Turn not to the right hand to the left and remove your foot from evil. Meaning what I want to do, when I, once I get his thoughts, that's all it takes. When I get his thoughts, I get his thoughts, I look straight on with fixed purpose, not looking to the left hand or the right. Why? Because I've got his thoughts. And right now, I don't need the world's thoughts in this situation. I need God's thoughts in this situation. You don't need the world's thoughts... <laughs> Of the way they think about you. You need God's thoughts. Because it's his thoughts that will propel you into your job. His thoughts that will propel you into your ministry. It's his thoughts that will bring restoration to your life. It's his thoughts that will change your, your current circumstances. His thoughts. Renewing your mind to his thoughts. Hallelujah. Amen. The baby says amen, Pastor Justin. Let her hear God's thoughts. Hallelujah. Or him. God's thoughts, sorry. I said her. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 3. Getting God's thoughts. Renewing my mind with God's thoughts. His thoughts are transformative. Mm. Mm. 
Remember we talking about guarding our hearts? Verse 17 says, That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, that you may be able to comprehend. You being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in what? Say it again. Rooted and grounded in what? That I may be able to comprehend. Comprehend is understand. Comprehend to lay hold of what's being said. To lay hold of what's being spoken. That I may comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depths, and the heights. That I'm grounded in this love. Meaning my feet are planted on this love. That I may lay hold of what he's spoken. That I may lay hold of the lengths, the depths, and the heights. That I may lay hold of. Know. That I may know. That I comprehend. That I might know the lengths, the depths, and the heights. See, we need to renew our mind and comprehend with all the saints. Comprehend. Get to know where we have an understanding of how much he loves us. See, see, your, your, your faith can only rise to the level of your understanding of how much he loves you. The, your, your faith can only rise to the level of, of, of your understanding of his love. And understanding his love is understanding his thoughts. So it's renewing our mind to his love that he has for us. That you might be comprehend with all the saints. What is the length, the depths, and the heights of that love? And to know the love of Christ. What that passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. See, when I get this, I love this. When you get a hold of God's thoughts, that's when you step into his fullness. When you get a hold of his thoughts, that's when you step into his fullness. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask. Or think. See, we're talking about thoughts. You know what? Even though that you get to know and comprehend his thoughts, <laughs> his thoughts are still exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, dream, or imagine. His thoughts are still beyond. We're, 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 we're catching up. We're catching up. And when we get to heaven, we're, we're still going to be laying hold of revelation of who he is. Every time the angels fly around his throne, their mind, their, the angels' minds, the angels' thoughts are being renewed to greater understanding of who God is. So we need to be immersed in this word because when we're immersed in this word, we're immersed into his thoughts. And when we're immersed into his thoughts, then we can lay hold of his fullness. Hallelujah. Let's go, just go over one page to um, Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 26, and I could take you to quite a few scriptures about this, but let's just do this one here. <clears throat> that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of the water by the word. That he might cleanse it with a washing of the water by the word. You know, people say, well, you just go to that church, they're just going to brainwash you. Amen. <laughs> you bet it. Amen. You bet. They're just going to brainwash you over there. That, that's, that's my job as a pastor, to brainwash you. Your brain needs to get washed. See, the world's been brainwashing people for years, and all of a sudden, people go to a church, and all of a sudden, people start changing the way they're living. It's like, oh, what's going on with you? You're different. 
You see? So we... we, we we need, we need that wash. We need our brain to be. I, I want my brain washed. I, 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 some of the things that, 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 that I think all pop up in my head, I'm like, where'd that thought come from? That's not my thought. Lord, I thank you for that you're continuing to renew my mind with the word. Thank you that this word is continuing to cause me to think different, live different, walk different, love different. Hallelujah. Washing of the water by the word. The word is to wash you. The word, the word just washes away the old. It washes those old thinking out. Uh, washes the old feelings you have about yourself. The, 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 the things that have scarred you and marked you. Man, the word, being immersed in this word can just flood you. Man, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And let's close with John chapter 15. John chapter 15. The washing of the water with the word. Jesus is talking to the, the disciples in verse 3. He says, now you are clean. Actually, let's look at verse 1. <laughs> I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. So what do we see here? We see every branch that bears fruit, it says he takes it away so more fruit can grow. And so then Jesus tells the disciples, he says, Freddie, you're clean, meaning, meaning you're purged. You're clean because of what I've spoken to you. Because of what the word has done, you're new. Because of what the word's done, you're changed. You're clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We could read it this way. Verse, verse 4, abide in the word, and the word will abide in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, it accepts it abides in the word. No more can you except you abide in the word. I am the word, and you are the branches. He that abideth in the word, and the word abides in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without the word, you can do nothing. If a man abides not in the word... He is cast forth as the branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in the word, and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. So how are we going to bear more fruit? The word. When his word abides in us. And we abide in that word. We bear much fruit. And herein is my Father glorified. Hallelujah. So you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Do you want to be a disciple? Hallelujah. It's this word. It's this word that disciplines you. It's this word that transforms you. It's the word that transforms you from being a branch that natural man would gather and burn to where, uh, wait a minute, there's a branch over here and it has much fruit. That's 
The word is the difference. God's thoughts are the difference. God's thoughts are transformative. God's thoughts are what make you the disciple that he's called you to be, to transform you. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for placing within us a hunger and a desire for you. A hunger and a desire for this word. Thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. Thank you, Father, for washing away old thoughts and downloading new thoughts. Thank you, Father, for a hunger for this word, a hunger for this word, that we would take this word and we would allow this word to transform every aspect of our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your thoughts that you have about us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you for new thinking, new, new ways of thinking, new ways of thinking about ourselves. Hallelujah. Mm. I just see all of us just coming up to a new level. Hallelujah. Just see, kind of see like that flower just blooming and blossoming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are what God says you are. You can have what God says you can have. You can do what God says you can do. You can be what God says you can be. Get a hold of his word. Get immersed in his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're so awesome. You're so faithful. You're coming up higher. Coming up higher. Coming up higher in our way of living. Coming up higher. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Father, that we aren't carnally minded, but we are spiritually minded. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the work that you have begun in us and the work that you'll complete. That will never be the same. From this day forward, I thank you that your word will have greater weight. Your thoughts will have greater weight than the thoughts we have about ourselves. Hallelujah. Oh. And I just, I just want you to know how special you are, how, how significant you are in God's eyes. Get in this word so you can know his thoughts about you. His love for you. His heart for you. His purpose for you. You don't need a... Thank you, Father. You don't need a relationship to validate you. You don't need success to validate you. You don't need money to validate you. His thoughts towards you are 
are perfect. His thoughts towards you are wonderful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are created in his image and his likeness. Let the way he sees you wash over you. And let it wash away all the old stuff, the old thoughts about yourself. And let it make you brand new on the inside. Hallelujah. Coming up higher, coming up higher. Thank you that we are transformed from one degree of glory to another. As we look at the word, we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, look to your neighbor and say, I'm coming up to think like God. Say, I'm coming up and going to think like God. Hallelujah. You receive this word tonight? Amen. Hallelujah.